Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. series of unfortunate events. Chapter 13. Chapter 13, book the second, The Reptile Room. And this, I think this is the last book, uh, chapter. Is it? Or maybe there's 14. Hold on, let me check you guys. Let me put you, let me put the phone down for a minute. Yeah, this is the last chapter. Oh my gosh. Peyton, the book's gonna end. Don't turn around and fall asleep. Okay, ready? If this were a book written to entertain small children, you would know what would happen next. With the villain's entity, oh, I'm so sorry. With the villain's identity and evil plans exposed, the police would arrive on the scene and place him in jail for the rest of his life. Like the plucky youngsters would go out for pizza and live happily ever after. But this book is about the Baudelaire orphans. And you and I know that these unfortunate children living happily ever after is about as likely as Uncle Monty returning to life. But it seemed to the Baudelaire orphans, as the tattoo became evident, that the least li- uh, that at least a little bit of Uncle Monty had come back to them as they proved Count Olaf's treachery once and for all. That's the eye, all right, said Mr. Poe, and stopped rubbing Count Olaf's ankle. You are most definitely Count Olaf, and you are most definitely under arrest. And am I most definitely shocked? And I am most definitely shocked, Dr. Lucafont said, clapping his oddly solid hands to his head. As am I, Mr. Poe agreed, grabbing Count Olaf's arm in case he tried to run anywhere. Violet, Klaus, Sonny, please forgive me for not believing you earlier. It just seemed too far-fetched that he would have searched you out, disguised himself as a laboratory assistant, and concocted an elaborate plan to steal your fortune. I wonder what happened to Gustav, Uncle Monty's real lab assistant, Klaus wondered out loud. If Gustav hadn't quit, then Uncle Monty would have never hired Count Olaf. Count Olaf had been quiet this whole time, ever since the tattoo had appeared. His shiny eyes had darted this way and that, watching everyone carefully, the way a lion will watch a herd of antelope, looking for the one that is best to kill and eat. But at the mention of Gustav's name, he spoke up. Gustav didn't quit, he said in his wheezy voice. Gustav is dead. One day, when he was out collecting wildflowers, I drowned him in the swarthy swamp. Then I forged a note saying he quit. Count Olaf looked at the three children as if he were going to run over and strangle them. But instead, he stood absolutely still, which somehow was even scarier. But that's nothing compared to what I will do to you, orphans. You have won this round of the game, but I'll return for your fortune and for your precious skin. This is not a game, you hor- Oh, this is not a game, you horrible man, Mr. Poe said. Dominoes is a game, water polo is a game, murder is a crime, and you will go to jail for it. I will drive you to the police station in town right this very minute. Oh, drat. I can't, my car is wrecked. Well, 
Then I'll take you down in Montgomery's Jeep, and you children can follow along in Dr. Lucafon's car. I guess you'll be able to see the inside of a doctor's automobile after all. It might be easier, Dr. Lucafon said, to put Stefano in my car and have the children follow behind. After all, Dr. Montgomery's body is in my car, so there's no room for all three children anyways. Okay, does everybody think Dr. Lucafon's a bad guy? Oh, my gosh. Well, Mr. Post said, I hate to disappoint the children. After all, they've had such a trying time. We can move Dr. Montgomery's body to the Jeep, and we couldn't care less about the inside of the doctor's automobile, Violet said impatiently. We only made that up so we didn't have to be trapped alone with Count Olaf. You shouldn't tell lies, orphans, Count Olaf said. I don't think you're in a position to give moral lectures to children, Olaf, said Mr. Post sternly. All right, Dr. Lucafont, you take him. Dr. Lucafont grabbed Count Olaf's shoulder with one of his oddly stiff hands, because it's a fake hand probably, mm-hmm. and led the way out of the reptile room to the front door, stopping at the doorway to give Mr. Poe and the three children a thin smile. Say goodbye to the orphans, Count Olaf, Dr. Lucafont said. Goodbye, Count Olaf said. Goodbye, Violet said. Goodbye, Klaus said. Mr. Poe coughed into his handkerchief and gave a sort of disgust, disgusted half-wave at Count Olaf, indicating goodbye. But Sonny didn't say anything. Violet and Klaus looked at her, surprised that she hadn't said yeet or lebo or any various terms for goodbye. But Sonny was staring at Dr. Lucafont with a determined look in her eye, and in a moment she had leapt into his, into the air and bitten him on the hand. Sunny, Violet said as she was and was about to apologize for her behavior when she saw that Dr. Lucafont's whole hand came loose from his arm and fell to the floor. Dude, I called that. As Sunny clamped down, actually, okay, I'm probably not the only one that called that. Other people probably saw that, thought that too. As Sunny clamped down on it with her four sharp teeth, The hand made a cracking sound like breaking wood or plastic rather than skin or bone. And when Violet looked at the place where Dr. Lucafont's hand had been, she saw no blood or indication of a wound, but a shiny metal hook. hook. Dr. Lucafont looked at the hook too, then at Violet and grinned horribly. Count Olaf grinned too. And in a second, the two of them had darted out the door. The hook-handed man, Violet shouted. He's not a doctor. He's one of Count Olaf's henchmen. Instinctively, Violet grabbed the air where the two men had been standing. But of course, they weren't there. She opened the front door wide and saw the two of them sprinting through the snake-shaped hedges. After them, Klaus shouted, and the three Baudelaire started to run through the door, but Mr. Post stepped in front of them and blocked their way. No, he cried, but the hook-handed man, Violet shouted, he and Olaf will get away. I can't let you run after two dangerous criminals, Mr. Post said. I am responsible for the safety of you children, and I will not have any harm come over you. Oh, that's nice for you to say now, huh, Peyton? Then you go after him, Klaus cried, but hurry. Mr. Poe began to step out the door, but stopped when he heard the roar of a car engine starting up. The two ruffians, a word here which means horrible people, had reached Dr. Lucafont's car and were already driving away. Get in the Jeep, exclaimed Violet. Follow them. 
A grown man, Mr. Post said sternly, does not get involved in a a car chase. This is a job for the police. I will go call them right now, and maybe they can set up roadblockers. The Baudelaire youngsters watched Mr. Post shut the door and race to the telephone, and their hearts sank. They know it was no use. By the time Mr. Poe was through explaining the situation to the police, Count Olaf and the hand-hooked man were sure to be long gone. Suddenly exhausted, Violet, Klaus, and Sonny walked to Uncle Monty's enormous staircase and sat down at the bottom step, listening to the faint sound of Mr. Poe talking on the phone. They knew that trying to find Count Olaf and the hook-hand man, and particularly when it grew dark, would be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Despite their anxiety over Count Olaf's escape, the three orphans must have fallen asleep for hours. For the next thing they knew, it was nighttime and they were still on the bottom step. Somebody had placed a blanket over them and as they stretched as they stretched themselves, they saw three men in overalls walking to the reptile room, carrying out some of the reptiles in cages. Behind them walked a chubby man in a brightly colored plaid suit who stopped when he saw that they were awake. Hey, kids, the chubby man said out loud in a beaming voice. I'm sorry if I woke you up, but my team has to move very quickly. Who are you? Violet asked. It is still confusing to fall asleep in the daytime and wake up at night. What are you doing with Uncle Monty's reptiles? Klaus asked. It's so confusing to realize you've been sleeping on the stairs rather than in a bed or in a sleeping bag. Dixnick, Sunny asked. It is also confusing why anyone would choose to wear a plaid suit. My name is Bruce, Bruce said. I'm the director of marketing for the Herpetological Society. Your friend, Mr. Poe, called me to come and retrieve the snakes now that Dr. Montgomery has passed on. Retrieve means take them away. We know what the word retrieve means, Klaus said. But why are you taking them? Where are they going? Well, you three or- you three are orphans, right? You'll be moving to another relative who who won't die on you like Dr. Montgomery did. And these snakes need to be taken care of. So we're giving them to, away to other scientists, zoos, and retirement homes. Those we can't find homes for, we'll have to put to sleep. But they're Uncle Monty's collection, Klaus cried. It took him yeah, years... Huh? What about the breed? I know. It took him years to find all these reptiles. You can't just scatter them to the winds. It's the way it has to be, Bruce said smoothly. He was still talking in a very loud voice for no apparent reason. Viper, Sunny shouted and began to crawl towards the reptile room. What my sister means, Violet explained, is she's very close friends with one of the snakes. Could we just take one with us, the incredibly deadly viper? First off, no, Bruce said. That guy, Poe, said all the snakes belong to us now. And second off, if you think I'm going to let small children near the incredibly deadly viper, think again. But the incredibly deadly viper is harmless, Violet said. Its its name is a a misnomer. Bruce scratched his head. A what? It means a wrong name, Klaus explained. Uncle Monty discovered it, so he got to name it. Misnomer? I don't even know how to say it. A misnomer. Misnomer. But this guy was supposed to be brilliant, Bruce said. He reached into his back pocket in his plaid jacket and pulled out a cigar. Giving a snake a wrong name doesn't sound brilliant to me. It sounds idiotic. But then... 
Sorry, guys. Boop, boop, boop. Let me turn the page. What can you expect from a man whose name was Montgomery Montgomery? It is not nice, Klaus said, to lampoon someone's name like that. I don't have time to talk to you. I don't have time to ask you what lampoon means, Bruce said. But if the baby wants to wave bye-bye to the incredibly deadly viper, she'd better do it soon. It's already outside. Sonny began to crawl towards the front door, but Klaus was not through talking to Bruce. Our Uncle Monty was brilliant, he said firmly. He was a, he was a brilliant man, Violet agreed. And we will always remember him as much. As such. Brilliant, Sonny shrieked. My God, she's saying words, Peyton. And amid crawl, her siblings smiled down at her, surprised that she had uttered a word that everyone could understand. Bruce lit his cigar and blew smoke into the air, then shrugged. It's nice you feel that way, kid, he said. Good luck wherever they put you. He looked at a shiny diamond watch on his wrist and turned to talk to the men in overalls. Let's get a move on it. In five minutes, we got to be back on the road. That smells like ginger. It's horseradish, Violet corrected, but Bruce had already walked away. She and Klaus looked at each other and then began following Sonny outside to wave goodbye to their reptile friends. But as they reached the door, Mr. Poe walked into the room and blocked them again. I see you're awake, he said. Please go upstairs and go to sleep then. We have to get up very early in the morning. We just want to say goodbye to the snakes, Klaus said, but Mr. Poe shook his head. Okay, Mr. Poe's a pain in the you-know-what, honestly. We're only on book two... We're only on book two, and I do not like Mr. Poe. He's kind of a jerk. Yep. You'll get, you'll get in Bruce's way, he replied. Plus, I would think you three would never want to see that snake again. But the Baudelaire children, orphans, looked at one another and sighed. Everything in this world seemed wrong. It was wrong that Uncle Monty was dead. It was wrong that Count Olaf and the hook-handed man escaped. It was wrong for Bruce to think Monty was a person with a silly name instead of a brilliant scientist. And it was wrong to assume that the children never wanted to see that snake again. The snakes indeed, uh, the snakes indeed, uh, the snakes and indeed everything in the reptile room were last, were the last reminders that the Baudelaire's had a few happy days that they'd spent in the house and a few happy days that they'd had since their parents had perished. <clears throat> Even though they understood that Mr. Poe wouldn't let them live alone with reptiles, it was all wrong never to see them again, even without saying goodbye. Ignoring Mr. Poe's instructions, Violet, Klaus, and Sonny rushed out the front door where the men in overalls were loading the cages into the van with Herpetological Society written on the back. It was a full moon, and the moonlight reflected on the glass of the walls of the reptile room as though it were a big, large jewel in a bright, bright shine brilliant one might say when bruce had used the word brilliant about uncle monty he meant having a reputation for cleverness or intelligence but the children used the word and when they thought of it now staring at the reptile room glowing in the moonlight it meant more than that it meant that even the bleak circumstance of their current situation even through the series of unfortunate events that would happen to them for the rest of their lives uncle monty and his kindness would shine through the memories of their uncle. Uncle Monty was brilliant. And their name was brilliant. Bruce, Bruce and his men from the Herpetological Society could dismantle Uncle Monty's collection. But nobody could ever dismantle the way Baudelaire's would think of him. 
Goodbye, 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 the Baudelaire orphans called to, as the incredibly deadly viper was loaded into the truck. Goodbye, goodbye. And even though the viper was Sonny's special friend, Violet and Klaus found themselves crying alongside their sister. Sorry, guys. And when the incredibly viper looked up at them, they saw that it was crying too. Tiny, shiny tears falling from its green eyes. The viper was brilliant too. And as the children looked at one another, they saw their own tears in the way that they shone. You're brilliant, Violet muttered to Klaus, reading up on the, on the Mamba du Mall. You're brilliant, Klaus murdered, murmured back, getting the evidence out of Stefano's suitcase. Brilliant, Sonny said again. Violet and Violet and Klaus gave their baby sister a hug. Even the youngest Baudelaire was brilliant for distraction uh, for distracting the adults with the incredibly deadly viper. Goodbye, goodbye, the brilliant Baudelaire's called and waved to Uncle Monty's reptiles. They stood there together in the moonlight and kept waving. Then, when Bruce shut the doors to the van, even the, as the van drove past the snake-shaped hedges and down the driveway to Lousy Lane, and even when it turned the corner and disappeared in the dark. Aw. Okay, you've seen all of the the TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. At the end, do they at least get the viper back as their pet? No, but they do get to see it. And is he happy? Yes, but they don't get to see him for long. But they he saves their life. Can can there please be a book 14 that's actually good? Please. But he saves their wife. Listen. Lemony Snicket. They save her. They save their wife. She, the snake saves their life. Okay, but Lemony Snicket, if you're listening to this, please make a book 14 and just make the happily ever after ending good. Right? I don't think he's alive. Yay, I think so. Well, we can Google it. Please, happy ending book 14. Please, happy ending book 14. Okay, okay, okay. okay. okay bye.